Lucas on Life. Hello, welcome to Lucas on Life. I'm Jeff Lucas. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. You're listening, and that's what we're talking about this week. Listening, listening to each other, listening to God. It was a throwaway comment that caused quite a reaction during a TV show. It's one thing to talk to Jesus. It's another thing when Jesus talks to you, said Joy Behar, an actress and comedian on the show The View. That's called mental illness, if I'm not correct, hearing voices. Now, there is a delusional aspect of some illnesses, but the notion of a God who cannot speak is obviously not only unbiblical, but irrational. Perhaps some people would prefer that he didn't have a voice, because to hear him is to risk disruption. We need to listen to each other and listen to God. That's what I'm talking about here on Lucas on Life. If we're going to follow God, we need to listen to him, We also need to listen to each other. Some years ago, I went to see my doctor for my annual physical checkup. Dr. Chris Edwardson is also my best friend, and so the examination had been littered with ribald comments and much mocking of what I think is my finely honed physique. It's a good thing this is radio. No one likes to be prodded and poked around and suffer the indignity of nakedness before close friends, so I was eager, even desperate, to get out of that clinic. One little treat remained. I had to have a chest x-ray. I wandered, semi-clad, down the hallway, found a room that had a welcoming radiation danger sign on the door, and stepped into one of the most excruciating episodes of my life. It's a strong statement, I know, seeing that I sometimes feel like a Bible-clutching Mr. Bean, staggering as I do from one gaff to another for the apparent entertainment of the Christian public. But this was truly one of the most embarrassing of these episodes, and all because I didn't listen. Inside the room stood a smiling radiologist waiting in readiness beside the expected x-ray machine. There was a couch and spread on the couch was a lead apron that weighed around 30 pounds. I've no clue about how many kilos. I was nervous, agitated and not really listening. So I muttered, what's the apron for? It is for the protection of the gonads, he replied with another smile. I nodded my understanding, which was a lie. Gonads? What were they? an obscure North American Indian tribe, the people who lived next door to the doctor's clinic, Mr. and Mrs. Gonad, who surely needed shielding from the errant radioactive waves. She was obviously unaware of my anatomical ignorance and was also in need of a cup of coffee. So I thought, she said, as she left the room in search of caffeine, put that around your neck. Of course, I now know too well that she actually said, waste. In my flustered state, I wasn't focused. I wasn't listening. So I heard neck. I try to do what I'm told. I picked up the rather heavy apron, hauled it up onto my chest and tied the tapes together around my neck in one large attractive bow. The solid weight hung down, seeming heavier by the second as I hunched over, unable to do anything other than sweat profusely and pray. I prayed that the radiologist would come back. I prayed that the Lord Jesus would come back, but neither responded. She was busy making coffee and 
Jesus was busy running the universe, so I stood there in pain alone. No criticism is implied for the kindly radiologist at all. She was only gone for a couple of minutes, and if I'd listened to her carefully, then I wouldn't have been in the position in the first place. But for what seemed a long while, I felt like no one was interested in my predicament. She finally walked back into the room, clutching a steaming cup of coffee. She took one look at me, resisted the temptation to laugh out loud, and simply said... No. Within seconds, I was relieved of my self-imposed burden. The sun came out. Life was good again. Let's listen to each other. It's been said that most conversations that take place are dialogues between the deaf. Rather than genuinely hearing each other, digesting the information, reading the body language of the person who is speaking, we just pause for breath, waiting to deliver our next sentence. Let's listen. It could prevent a whole lot of grief. We're thinking about listening. We've been talking about listening to each other, but we also need to learn to listen to God. And let's face it, that's perhaps a whole lot more difficult. When I became a Christian back in 1832, I anticipated that God would be very chatty, inspired by those very spiritual Christians who seemed to be having an ongoing chit-chat with the Lord throughout their day. I thought that that was normal. I haven't found it to be the case. I have discovered that listening to the Holy Spirit is something to be learned. Just as you learn to ride a bike or swim or drive a car, so tuning in to the voice of God is a learned art. Recently, I've been studying the story of Daniel, the one famous for the lion's den and being able to interpret that Nebuchadnezzar's dream. When you study the story carefully, you realise that Daniel had to learn how to interpret dreams. And by gradual steps, each revelation from God prepared him for the next one. God developed Daniel's prophetic gift. In the second and fourth chapters of Daniel, he is just an interpreter of Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. But then in Daniel chapter 7, he has a dream himself. It's a vision, a dream in the night. But then in Daniel chapter 8, he has a vision in a waking state. And then finally, in two great revelations, Daniel is no longer in an ecstatic state, but simply receives a download from the Lord. Some people quickly rush to say, the Lord told me, with embarrassing, sometimes disastrous consequences. Let's realize that we need to learn to listen, assuming a posture of openness, readiness, not just to hear, but also to respond. I was frustrated and angry, and I slammed the front door hard behind me, a noisy amen to what I felt had been an exasperating evening. My house group meeting was the reason for the angst. We'd spent an hour or two chatting about the supernatural and listening to God. Two of our number had just come back from overseas travel, where they'd apparently witnessed some rather impressive miracles of healing. We'd chatted about the need for us to see more genuine Holy Spirit activity where we live, the need for us to hear God's voice more clearly. And I should have been inspired, but I was irritated instead. I'm sure that it's rather wonderful for the Chinese church to be raising the dead, particularly if you're Chinese and you happen to be around to see the corpse involved suddenly perk up, but it's not so much fun at a distance. 
Frankly, being treated to a diet of distant stories about God speaking and working overtime elsewhere or in the past, it's a bit like being starving and homeless and peering longingly through the bushes at a royal garden party. You might start off merely salivating, but after a while you get a bit outraged at your own lack of cucumber sandwiches. Hence my door-slamming routine that night. How come I raged? How come God couldn't show up a bit more around here? How come he couldn't speak up a bit more to me? Yes, I, I know all the best, but we live in a culture of unbelief apologetics routines. But why couldn't God help us clear the aforementioned cultural fog with a few faith-building activities that might get our eyes popping and our hearts quickened? As I slammed the front door, I think I closed the door in my own heart as well. I decided that talk of miracles was tiring and felt the need to bolt and double lock myself off from hearing God. I'd been in enough charismatic meetings where words of knowledge were given that were less than exciting and where apparently meaningless revelations were greeted with way too much enthusiasm. Drifting off to sleep, that night I had a dream. In the dream, I was standing on a railway station, Pemberton Station. A railway official stood on the platform and chatted with me while I waited for a train that never actually came. His chatter filled me in on all kinds of information about this place called Pemberton. When I woke up, the dream had not evaporated like the morning dew, as most of my dreams do. It was crystal clear, vivid, sharp in my memory. And as I lay there in the warm coma that is called waking up, it occurred to me that I would bump into someone called Pemberton that very day and that I would tell them what the railway porter had told me and that it would speak to them of hope and of better days ahead. This was unusual, strange, weird and would take a major bit of acrobatic organisation from God to make such a thing happen, especially as I had never met anyone called Pemberton before. Was I really hearing from God? I'd wanted to listen. Was it actually working? I was due to speak at Equip to Lead, a day of leadership training that would be attended by around 60 people, not exactly a cast of thousands from which to pick a Pemberton. I drove excitedly to the hall where we were due to gather, rushed in and grabbed the list of pre-registered delegates. My feather-light heart turned to lead, as I scanned the list and my eyes hurried down in search of P for Pemberton. There was none present. It was like a bad taste in my mouth, yet another disappointment to compound my feeling that locked doors were good doors. If faith vital sign, I would have been pronounced dead at that moment. Apparently, I'd tried to listen. I hadn't heard. Just before the first session was due to begin, a breathless couple walked quickly up to the registration table and announced that they wanted to join the course and that they hadn't had a chance to pre-register. Would it be okay? I smiled my agreement, asked for their names and most fell over when they responded. They were Mr and Mrs Pemberton. I think I said something giftedly stupid like, nice to meet you, I was on your station all last night, but then asked if I could talk to them in the break. I couldn't believe it. Suddenly, belief was believable again. I got to tell them about my dream, which they said made good sense, but I asked them to think on it, share it with whoever they wanted to, because I do believe in personal prophecy, but not private prophecy. We laughed and cried some together, and they telephoned me a few weeks later to say yes, they had thought, prayed, and shared the word I gave them with trusted friends, and they did feel that God had clearly spoken. Lest this chapter end with everyone living happily ever after, 
with John Wayne riding over the sunset-kissed hill on a grinning horse, let me give you a little postscript for your prayers. A prophetic word is not a sick note from God that excuses and exempts us from trial. The Pembertons faced health challenges. Recently, Mr. Pemberton passed away. But I cannot deny the fact that when I was worn out and faithless, ready to declare an end to listening to the Holy Spirit, God broke in and beautifully broke through my little defence system. I do crave a little more quality control among those who announce that they have heard from God. But let's allow him to speak. One last postscript. Just a few weeks ago, during this COVID pandemic, I shared that story. There were 50 or 60 people listening live. Among them, remarkably, years after this happened, back in 2003, so 17 years on, one of my listeners that day was Mrs. Pemberton. See you next time. Lucas on Life.